1: Thank you for joining us. God sent His only Son, His sinless Son, to die on Calvary's cross for you and me. Because of Jesus' sacrificial death, the gift of eternal life is available to anyone who chooses to receive it. Without the shed blood of Jesus, there would be no redemption for our sins. The Bible tells us that there is no salvation in any other. Without His selfless sacrifice, we would have no hope and no victory. Praise God for the gift of salvation and everlasting life. Listen in with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today.
2: Preach a special message. Uh, It is found in the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter 2, verse 3. If you have your Bibles, be so kind enough to turn to the book of Hebrews, chapter 2, verse 3. If someone near you does not have a Bible, be so kind enough to share your Bible with them those nearest you, so that they too can see the word of God for themselves. It, it says there in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3, How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed to us by those who heard him? I repeat, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him. And from that particular text, we want to preach a great salvation, a great salvation. My friends, since the dawning of creation, the world has experienced many great things, many great people, as well as many great events. For example, this world has witnessed great empires that have come and gone. We've witnessed wars and rumors of wars. We've witnessed great world leaders. We've uh, uh, witnessed entertainers and great entertainment and great inventions and great technology, just to name a few. However, there is nothing, absolutely nothing that can be compared with the creation of this world that God himself created as well as humanity beginning with Adam and Eve, God created by himself. Man's rebellion against God's instruction in the garden resulted in a great fall, but the love and compassion of God provided a great redemptive plan that offered us a great salvation to all who would place their hope and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ alone as his or her personal savior. I pose this question to you. What makes this salvation so great? How many of you know you how, how many saved and you know you're saved? Well, it's a great salvation. It's nothing to be taken lightly. So what makes this great salvation so great? Number one, God offered to the world the greatest gift in human history. God offered to the world the greatest gift in human history. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I mean, he was a, God gave a great gift, and none surpassed the gift in the Lord Jesus Christ. For Romans 6, 23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages, payment, the payment for spiritual death is Jesus Christ who died on the cross. He paid in price in full the sin debt that we did. He paid that price in full on the cross. And we thank God for paying the the price. He was the gift. And you say, well, salvation is free. It's free only because it cost our Lord everything. It cost him everything. That's why it's free to you, you and me. And Second Corinthians 9.15 says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. In other words, the gift of God is indescribable. In other words, it's an inexpressible gift. You can't really fully explain the gift in the Lord Jesus Christ. What made this gift so great? What what made it so great is three things that we need to consider about the greatness of the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ. A, Jesus Christ is a perfect gift. Say perfect gift. In other words, Jesus was a sacrificial lamb without defect or blemish. Uh, You ever received a gift and it was defected or blemished and you had to take it back? Uh, Something not working, Uh, but Jesus Christ, he came in the fullness of time. He was a perfect gift, and he was without sin, without spot, without blemish, so that he would be qualified to take our sins, put them on him, and he would totally fix our sin-sick condition simply because he was a perfect sacrificial lamb. But this lamb who came the first time as a lamb will come back as king, amen, to take the world and cleanse it and establish his throne on earth in the millennial kingdom. B, uh, what makes this gift so special is that he is a sacrificial gift. Say sacrificial gift. God gave his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to redeem all who place their faith in him alone. God gave his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to redeem all who place their faith in him alone. He was a sacrificial gift. Uh, He was an expensive gift. No price tag could pay for the Lord Jesus Christ. A sacrificial gift. Paid in full, I send that. See, he was and is an eternal gift. In other words, receiving the gift of Jesus Christ provides everlasting life with the Lord in heaven. What gift have you ever been given that lasts at you all of your life? I mean, gifts break as soon as you get them. You either lose them, they wear out, rust out, or somebody steal them. But nobody can steal God. (laughs) He's an everlasting gift, and he provides everlasting life that you would live eternally with him forever if you would but trust Jesus Christ uh, alone as Savior. What makes this gift so great is that, number two, the Lord Jesus Christ suffered a great price. Say great price. Isaiah 53, 5 and 6. He suffered a great price. I, Isaiah 53, 5 and 6 says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. A great price. Jesus suffered in anguish, in humiliation, in pain, in embarrassment. He suffered. He agonized. On that cross, he bled to death on that cross because he loved you so much. and He loved me so much. People said nails kept him on that cross. But listen, they can't build a nail big enough to keep our Lord on that cross. It wasn't the nails that kept him on the cross, beloved. It was love that kept the Lord on the cross. Why don't you say amen? Amen. What makes uh, this salvation so great, thirdly, is that the Lord Jesus Christ won a great victory. He won a great victory. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 says, "Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared the same, that through death he might destroy him who has power of death. That is the devil. Jesus Christ gained tremendous victory over the devil, and he became flesh and blood. He, be- he took on the nature of man, being fully God, and fully man to fulfill the redemptive work of God. Colossians 2 15 talks about the victory over our Lord over Satan and all the principalities and the demons and all the darkness of this world Colossians chapter 2 verse 15 says in this way God disarmed I like this from the New Living Translation in this way God disarmed the evil rulers and authorities he shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross of Christ. He put them to shame, came down to earth, beat them in their own territory that we would have the victory in Jesus Christ. Let me tell you how much he he took victory over darkness. First Corinthians chapter 15, verses 20 through 22 and verses 55 through 57 it says, but now Christ is risen, risen from the dead and has become the first fruit of all who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. Verse 55, oh death, where is your sting? O oh Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He took the sting from death and the victory from the grave. Who else could whoop death but God? Everybody came along, uh, died, died with the exception of uh, Elijah. Remember him, he did not die. He was translated and and Enoch, but everybody else died. Abraham died. Isaac, Jacob, and your your relatives, they died. We heard death reports uh, on the prayer list today, but Jesus came, died whipped death, and rose triumphantly. Thanks be to God. That's a great salvation because it, it was God all by himself who performed it. Fourthly, today you can have a great deliverance. Say great deliverance. This great salvation provided a great deliverance. Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 through 14. I'll be reading this from the Amplified Version. Listen. The Father has delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control of the dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, which means the forgiveness of our sins. In other words, God, when we trusted God as our personal savior, he transferred us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love into the kingdom of light. Out of darkness into light. We once was blind, but now we what? See, we once was lost, but now we are found because God took us out of the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. And today, beloved, be it known to you, if you repent and turn to Jesus, he would deliver you. He delivered me and he delivered others. And the same God delivered us, will deliver you. He'll deliver you from rebellion. He'll deliver you from uh, spiritual death. He will deliver you from the alcohol, from alcohol and sexual immorality and adultery and premarital sex. He will deliver you from witchcraft and psychics and cheating and lying and gambling and idolatry and hate and anger and jealousy. He will deliver you from pride and deceit and bitterness and financial calamity and stealing and much more. Whatever your problem is, God is the great problem solver and he's able to take you where you are and emancipate you. You can't be so bad off that the grace of God can't meet you where you are and save you where you are and take you where you need to be. Why don't you say amen? Can't nobody do you like Jesus. Can't nobody do you like the Lord. Oh, beloved. Number five, if if you reject this great salvation, you must receive a great judgment. If you reject this great salvation, you shall receive a great judgment. John chapter 3. Everybody love John 3.16. Let's say John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he what? That whosoever believeth should not but have. But you know what? Many fail to read John 3.17 and 18. They stop at 16. John 3, 17, 18 says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, to judge the world, but that the world through him, Jesus, might be what? Saved. He who believes in Jesus is not judged or condemned, but he who does not believe is judged or condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And you know why people reject God? Because they love darkness more than light. And if you reject Jesus Christ, there is a great judgment. He came for deliverance. But if you reject the deliverer, if you reject the deliverer, then you shall receive great judgment, which means, uh, which transitions us into another subject folk don't like to talk about, and it's called hell. Why don't we say Hell. I just wonder why hell is not being preached in the church today. When many are going to hell by the multitudes. You you never hear many sermons on hell. It's kind of a hushy hush. Suspense. God is so loving. And he's so kind. And he's so compassionate. And you know what? You are so right. But if if you reject the love of God, the mercy of God, the compassion of God, you will burst hell wide open. Satan's greatest deception is to deceive you into thinking that there is no God, no Satan, and no hell. The height of all deception is for you to believe the devil's lie into thinking that there is no God, Satan, or hell. What a shame if you have to die before you realize there is a God, Satan, and hell. Oh, you are God. There is a hell. He sure is when you're in it. (laughs) And those who are destined for hell must do these things. Listen, if you go to hell, you got to reject a whole lot. You say, what do you got to reject? (laughs) Number one, you got to reject God in creation. Uh, Psalms 19:1 says, "The heavens declare the glory of God, and the, the firmness firmament shows forth His handiwork." When you look at the sky, the sun, the moon. When you look at the oceans, I've been to the Pacific Ocean and the the, the Atlantic Ocean. I've been over in Switzerland and and seen the Swiss Alps. And and we, we we my wife and I we've seen the vast deserts of Egypt and, and all of these things. And and when you can see the snowflakes and the changing of the leaves in the autumn. Listen, the the heavens. We look at the stars. And, and the moon and, and the, the vastness of this firmament. When you look at that, you gotta say, that must be a God. That must be a God. This didn't just happen by chance, it wasn't some kind of cosmic explosion. It didn't just involve. That's stupid artists. <laughs> That's stupid Just involve. No, no, no. God took nothing and made something. God Almighty said let there be he created this world in six literal 24 hour days and then he rested on the seventh now God didn't rest because he was tired God rested because he was laying out a pattern for man to rest and even now we don't rest we work ourselves to death even on Sunday on Sunday. Uh, God created it all, folk. Not the theory of evolution, not Darwin, not all that stuff. Creationism. Folk love it if all this could come into being without God. I believe the first verse, in the beginning God. Now if you don't believe that much, leave the Bible alone. (laughs) Because you're not going to believe God took two fish, five loaves of bread, and fed 5,000. You're not going to believe God stepped out on that boat and said, peace be still and the waters hush. You're not going gonna- to believe none of that if you're not, not going to believe Jonah was in a big fish and was, sp- and was spit out in Nineveh. You're not going to believe none of that if you don't believe in the beginning God. As a matter of fact, Psalms 14.1 says, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And you're an educated fool if you let g- folk educate God out of, out of you. A fool has said in his heart, there is no God. To look at all of this and conclude there's no God, you're the biggest fool who ever lived. Number two, I mean, you got to do a lot to go to hell. You got to reject God in creation. Number two, you have to reject the prophets who spoke from God. You have to reject the prophets who spoke from God. Isaiah 55, 6 and 7. That's our memory verse. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, says Isaiah, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. I mean, the prophets spoke of God. And spoke of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thirdly, you have to reject God revealed in the person of Jesus Christ. You have to reject a whole lot to go to hell you got to reject God in creation, God spoken by the prophets, thirdly, God revealed in the person of Jesus Christ. John, The Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1, 2, and 3 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was what? God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him, nothing was made that was made. Jesus Christ is God, and if you don't believe He is God, that's your sure ticket to hell. He's more than a prophet. He's more than a teacher. He's more than a, just a miracle maker. He is God all by himself. Yeah. If, if, if going to hell, you got to reject a whole lot. Not only God revealed in creation, not only God speaking through the prophets, not only God revealed in the person of Jesus Christ, but fourthly, you have to reject God revealed in the Bible. 2 Timothy 3.16 says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. This is not an ordinary book. It is an extraordinary book. It is a supernatural book. It is none like this book. It is the book of book. No other book is, is called the book of life. No other book can give you life but the book of life, the holy bible it is inspired it is infallible it is inerrant it is from god it is his divine revelation from from god to man it is god breathe every word is inspired and this book is to introduce you to god who introduces you to his son as well as the holy ghost and all god's children said "Amen." amen Listen, you know what you have to reject? You have to reject, number five, God revealed in his church. God revealed in his church. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18 says, And I also say to you that that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell, Hades, shall not prevail against it. God is in his church. And you got the persecuted church. Even in Acts chapter 2, when the church was persecuted, guess what? It began to multiply. And I believe, I really believe for the church to really wake up in America, there has to be some persecution set in. Because we've got too comfortable in this world system. As a matter of fact, too much world has come into the church. And be it known to you today, when persecution sets in, actually the church begins to blossom and to persecute. It begins to really show the world who the church really is. As a matter of fact, when Saul was persecuting the church. God spoke from heaven, said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me in Acts chapter 9? He says, me, because when you mess with the church, you mess with God. Because we are the church. We are the living church. So, so God is revealed in his church. And, and you ought to come to church because Jesus established a church. The church is the bride of Christ. And if you are his bride, you want to hang around the church. Amen. Number six, the prompting of the Holy Spirit, who is God, you must reject and go in order to go to hell. You have to resist the prompting of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is prompting you now saying, listen to the word of God. Uh, Hear the word of God. Receive the word of God. The spirit of God is prompting many of your hearts right now. John chapter six, verse 63 says, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. It is the Holy Ghost that mess with you and move with you and move in you and prompts you to move toward God. You have to resist the Holy Ghost prompting you in order to go to hell. You know what else? If you're going to go to hell, then just resist the preacher. Just don't, don't like the preacher. I don't like what he say. There he go again, stepping all over my feet. Uh, he, he didn't have to say that. Wait a minute. I, listen, I'm not here to get your approval. <laughs> I want my approval from God. Won't you say amen? amen. You know, a lot of folk don't like preachers. They don't like them. I mean, you when the name of preachers come up, they get real negative. Now, mind you, some preachers have given uh, us a negative name. <laughs> but you can't lump us all in the same boat. You know, because you got a few bad teachers, you don't say all teachers are bad. You bad lawyers, you don't say all lawyers are bad. Uh, am I right about it? Yes. I mean, if you bad doctors, you 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 say, well, I'm not going, I'm not ever going to a doctor because that doctor in California went bad. No, you're going to carry yourself on to a doctor. Yes. Listen, God, you, you need a preacher. Some churches don't like preachers. That's why they don't keep them long. I mean, they just change out, change out, in and out, in and out. You know why? Because they like being in control, and they don't know what they're doing. Let me tell you something. Look at the, 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 the book of Romans chapter 10 verse 14 is profound. The book of Romans chapter 10 verse 14, it says, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? Listen to this. And how shall they hear without a preacher? <laughs> without a preacher. Without a preacher. It's right there. You have to resist. I I heard that preacher, but I don't like it. I heard that preacher. (laughs) He's not loving enough. Uh, He needs to water it down some. I'm not sugarcoating nothing. You need some spiritual castor oil to flush all that sinful debris out of you. Number eight, you know what you got to reject to go to hell? The witness of the saints who testified about Christ on earth. You have to reject the witness of the saints. It's your witness, the witness of children, the, the witness of the saints. Acts chapter one, verse eight says, but you shall receive power when, when the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the world. Every time somebody tell you about Jesus, you are responsible. That's why you ought to open your mouth talking about Jesus. You ought not be talking about the cowboys and the Spurs and the economy and Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, Fatty Zach, Fatty Gack. You ought to be talking about Jesus. Somebody talk about the economy, you talk about Jesus. Somebody talk about cowboys, Jesus. Weather, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus in the morning, Jesus noonday, Jesus at night, midnight. Wake up with Jesus. Woke up with your mind, stay on Jesus, saying hallelujah. Why don't you say hallelujah?
1: As Pastor Rander concludes this series, let us respond to Jesus Christ's priceless sacrifice, freely given for our salvation, through never-ending praise, obedience to His Word, belief in His birth, burial and resurrection, thankfulness for our salvation, and remembering that the blood of Jesus will never lose its power. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located in Converse, Texas. Join us on Resurrection Sunday, April 17th at Maranatha Bible Church for our 8 a.m. worship service, children's program at 9.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. worship service as we celebrate our risen Savior. For more information,
0: please visit us at maranathasa.org.